Today's date is December 3rd, 2017. Hello and welcome to Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those unfamiliar with the show, Emery and I come to you each and every Wednesday to bring you the latest comic book news, let you know what's coming to your local comic book shops, and discuss the latest and greatest topics for your amusement. We're available on YouTube, Stitcher, and iTunes for free. You can also find the latest episodes by going to our website, www.htbvids.com. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe and check out our other comic book content and reviews. Without further ado, let's get into it. Oh, yeah. Emery, what have you been reading? Uh, well... Uh, read a couple of things, uh, one of which was the issue number one, Mystic U, and I gotta say, it's a very interesting take on what could easily have just felt like, uh, Hogwarts, but, uh, you know, a little different. Yeah, this book is, uh, written by Elisa... Whitney, and uh, drawn by Mike Norton, and um, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It felt a little different than what I expected. Yeah, it felt more like a chaotic X Men book, <laughs> like a, a young X Men book than. It also weirdly the, has a character that made me think of Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> the character you're speaking of uh, was basically exactly Cyclops, but with different mi- issues. Mystic rogue powers instead of <laughs> <laughs> blasters coming out of his face. Uh, even, but, even even looks like him. <laughs> so, you should still not take his shades off because his, it, it's a peeve. And like Cyclops, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a pattern here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this book features uh, Zatanna, Cyclops, Faust, <laughs> um, uh, Enchantress. And uh, some weird Indian dude with a magic ruby. Yeah. Um, Sargon, I think, is his last name. Yeah. And then we had, you know, the the more senior people as Madame Xanadu and <laughs> a few <laughs> others. Um, Mr. E. <laughs> yes. Mr. E. In case you didn't catch that pun. Um, but yeah, it was oh a good book. God. It was a. There's an overarching theme that seems to be a little darker in tone, but like the 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 tone for the initial book is very sort of lighthearted, almost Scooby Doo esque. <laughs> a little bit. And there were some things I was like, uh, shouldn't you be a little more concerned about that than you are, <laughs> especially as a person that didn't realize that the magic was real until recently. Yeah, um, there's there's some there's some parts of the writing that I'm like, ooh, uh, I don't think that's a normal reaction to any of this, <laughs> and I don't feel like, uh, 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 should I say it? Better dad. Y- yeah. All right. It happens in the beginning of the book, in the very beginning, so it's not too much of a spoiler, right? But she sends her dad to hell <laughs> on accident, 
right cursing her dad in backwards english uh <laughs> in her first fit of magical rage uh, unintentional <laughs> just completely complaining during their performance or whatever M- much like an but she yeah she gets picked up by her dad's friend and she goes to this university and just completely forgets that her dad's in hell <laughs> <laughs> so like nothing happened like ah, da, 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 that's cool yeah. <laughs> like, just lives her life uh, you know the way that she ad- addresses that or even brings it up later also kind of calls into question how are you not making more of a big deal about this? Like, if I didn't know better, I would say this is a Mr. Miracle moment where <laughs> <laughs> it's all an altered reality and you don't know what's real. <laughs> is he in hell? Zap, 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 zap. <laughs> like, is it messing with my mind? Yeah. What's happening here? So, it, <laughs> I don't know. There's some things I was like, ooh, that's not really, it's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, wait a minute. That doesn't seem to be realistic. Uh, okay. Uh, um, on a on an emotional level that uh, doesn't seem to work very well right but uh otherwise it was a fun book i don't know yeah i mean uh, it it works as a going to college story which yeah. is basically what this is apart from the whole you know sending your dad to hell on accident yeah. thing i probably won't pick it up again at least unless i hear something great about it cuz a it's a very it's a very thick book which is great but they also charge you twice the price. So yeah. it's a $6 book Points uh, off like Doomsday one. Clock. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, <laughs> I don't feel like the quality is quite there Yeah, uh, for the amount of money they're, they're going to need every month for these releases. Yeah, I think the, the money issue particularly is the thing that would probably turn me off completely because it, that's... That's not a business practice I want to encourage. Now, uh, to be fair, it is a huge book. It's a very thick book. So they are giving you what you're paying for. It's just it, it's just on, on a book yeah. that started this is essentially two issues in one. Yeah. And f- for two issues to start that kind of like uh, kind of good but kind of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's it's hard for me to commit to it. But the art is nice. Uh, there are cool characters and premises in this. Um, and most importantly, they put the barcode on the back. Hey, they're yeah, learning. Good job, DC. Yeah. But that's probably because this is going to be a Vertigo title eventually. <laughs> if I had to guess. Uh, yeah, probably. We'll see how much goes back to Vertigo. So, anything else? Um, let's see. What else did I read? I read... Still keeping trying to get myself caught up on X Men, and I found X Men Gold. Yes, uh, specifically the the title that brings back Omega Red, and I will break you. <laughs> <laughs> Does Vidanya? <laughs> yeah, different uh, Russian there. Yeah, only a little. <laughs> um, the. The thing that I really noticed in this issue, which I think it's number 10, is the writer. The writer is Mark Guggenheim, and it is very obvious, specifically with the things from Russian culture and uh, things that happen over in Russia, Mm -hmm. uh, that he decided to put in this book, basically using the excuse that 
the X-Men have two Russians on the team. I wonder why uh, Mr. Googly Eyes has an issue with Russians. <laughs> I have no idea, but uh, it's very clear that uh, this guy wrote for Arrow mm-hmm. uh, because of the things that he's decided to use, like the Bratva <laughs> and uh, the leader of the Bratva called the Pachan, uh, which... Okay. <laughs> did did we really need to do this this time? Did we really need to make it very obvious that you have been and still write for Arrow at this point? <laughs> <sighs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Omega Red as a villain is, is something that will always remind me of the 90s. And... I always have a soft spot for that. But a lot of the writing, specifically the way that they've directed this, seems a bit like he's recycling things. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, But it's very action-packed, which I, I kind of dug in this one. And I haven't even finished the issue yet, but uh, it, it seems like it's just, like all of the other issues before it, it's trying to go through things very quickly, resolve things very quickly, and then move on to some other conflict for the next issue. Yeah. Um, and if you're into that kind of thing, X-Men Gold is the book for you. <laughs> uh, me, I personally like my conflicts drawn out a little more than like one to two issues so you've been following this book for a little while are you you think you're gonna drop it uh i mean i might here soon what about blue are you still keeping Uh, up with blue at all blue i have actually more catching up to do with that one than i do with gold yeah Uh, and i think i might drop gold to pick up blue at this point for me personally as a guy that doesn't read a whole lot of marvel because i'm dc fanboy oh yeah (laughs) admittedly uh wearing a spider-man hoodie yeah shout out to uh my brother-in-law who gave this to me by the way hey um i thought x-men blue was kind of cool because it's kind of you know the team out of time context the uh, the classic team it's always cool to see the classic team together you know the original five brought to the current day because current day beast is still a science bastard whereas whereas gold it has a lot of the things i don't like about the marvel universe right now where they have old man logan and just you know yeah the cast of characters out of place out of time out of universe i don't know it, it it's got a bit too much as opposed to just having this one core thing yeah with this one issue yeah it's just too much admixture that i don't i don't think lends itself well to <laughs> readership i don't know at least continued readership because yeah. thing, things tend to get a bit screwy yeah. um but yeah i think i'm just gonna start picking up blue and see how that goes so anything else uh, you said you were watching the new daredevil on netflix uh not daredevil punisher per- punisher yes yeah course. sorry <laughs> daredevil's the old one that i still haven't finished <laughs> <laughs> one day uh, one day yeah which hell you might end up finishing that before you ever watch suicide squad accurate <laughs> <laughs> who needs to see an oscar-winning movie 
<laughs> to know it's good. Uh, right. I know it's good. Right. <laughs> it won an Oscar. It won an Oscar for hair, makeup, and design. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> uh, yeah, Punisher, the show, was great and terribly depressing. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been more entertained and more thankful that my family's still alive. <laughs> All in the the binging of one television series. My God. <laughs> Do they really hammer home the point that Frank Castle's kids and wife are dead? <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. They're gone. <laughs> it's like every every episode. <laughs> every episode, they at least talk about it once. Bludging you over the head with it. Like, oh, they're still dead. And it's we... not fun like Batman. Batman <laughs> goes, my parents are dead. <laughs> I was a boy. <laughs> and now, now I'm, I'm a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Pete Holmes. For uh, really uh, driving home the ridiculousness <laughs> of that character. Um, but yeah, this one is like uh, John Bernthal, the guy who actually plays the Punisher, yeah. really nails like all of the ferocity and intensity yeah. needed for this character. I love everything he's in. I don't know. Yeah, it's like he, he, he plays, <laughs> he's kind of a role actor, but he does it well. So Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> fun fact: He really wanted to do like a romantic comedy, really. But uh, all of the uh, studios that wanted to do one, they they looked at, at yeah. him and You're looked too at typecast. They, they looked they, no, they specifically looked at his face and they were like, "Nah, <laughs> make a bunch of money being a superhero. This romantic comedy thing is it, it's not in your face," <laughs> which is a shame because. Because of how well he's done with like all of the other things that he's done, yeah, mostly comic book related, um, I, I had almost seen anything w- with him in it. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a watch before too long. I gotta get catch- caught up on all this stuff. Do you think I need to watch Daredevil and all that stuff first? Because quite honestly, I don't care about the other ones. <laughs> honestly, it doesn't. Well, it actually doesn't reference like almost anything. From the the part of the Daredevil series where he actually shows up. All right, I'll uh, watch it. <laughs> Let's review. <laughs> look forward to that. Yeah, look forward to that review. Uh, Punisher when, is like top three or four favorite Marvel characters for me, whereas Daredevil and Jessica Jones and you know Luke Cage and Iron Fist, I'm like, oh, kind of bottom of the totem pole for me <laughs> personally. Yeah. Uh, I, I always had a soft spot for uh, Jessica Jones. I've always been into like private eye or detective stories. Yeah, and she she really like nails that one, especially with the uh, "I'm a private eye with a really fucked up past." <laughs> <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things, so eventually I'll get to it. But yeah, it, I, it, that I, that, I, I that one's Iron Fist. <laughs> 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 we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you don't need to watch it. <laughs> uh, Yeah, that was all I read. Uh, What about you? Well, uh, we talked about Mystic U already. 
I continue to read Lock and Key because it is awesome. And still have yet to pick that up myself. I highly recommend it. There's several volumes out. <clears throat> oh, buddy. Go read it. <laughs> <laughs> but I bring that up because um, the co-creator and artist for Lock and Key, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez, has just released the first issue of his latest comic that he's been working on since about 2013, 2014, uh. according to the interview in the book. And it's called Sword of Ages, and it's been published by IDW. Um, and again... <laughs> IDW does nothing but variants, so it's hard to tell when they actually release something new. <laughs> this one's literally <laughs> labeled issue variant A, even though it's the first printing of the first issue. Oh, my God. So <laughs> just to make things confusing <laughs> the, for the, you. That is how deeply entrenched in variants they are. I think that's something we need to add to our list of uh, <laughs> comic improvements. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do everything else right. Small label, no barcode, you know. Showing the art. This book, uh, sort of ages, it's, I'll say the artwork is great from the beginning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you might, Art, artwork, you might, artwork's good. You might see where I'm going with this. Um, it is a very or, original-ish idea, but I feel like he took every single sci-fi slash fantasy thing he could think of like and just the rip them tropes. all off at the same time <laughs> how in, in this book <laughs> there are elements of you know like the legend of zelda with mad max with like i don't know so many things planet of the apes and just any kind of martial arts movie you can think of and just oh my god <laughs> Jurassic Park <laughs> like everything is in this book in some way shape or form it, that's um, already like three too many <laughs> and it it breeds this really kind of nonsensical story to an extent I even like Jungle Book <laughs> Because the main character is raised by fucking lions. What? <laughs> so, oh my god. Uh, it's it's what literally. What is this book? Even Star Trek with the giant squid <laughs> <laughs> in space. Um, or uh, whatever. Uh, jellyfish. Is it too many things. Um, but it's, it's just all over the place. And my, my problem with it is that none of it is original. It's all just. Stuff from other creations that have been put in the in the same world, and um, the character, the main character, isn't particularly likable, and a lot of the elements of the character's origin just conveniently happen, and you're you're left kind of wondering, like, well, what happened? <laughs> like, how did this? Yeah, how did this possibly manifest itself? You know, um. But yeah, literally every everything I just said in there, even Borderlands, the video game, <laughs> has strong elements in this book. Like this too many a, cooks. This is a book where everybody's running around riding beasts and throwing spears, but for some reason this guy has a 
big futuristic motorcycle that shoots lasers and plasma and what <laughs> and they're taking drugs to have psychedelic trips and the, there's guardians for like different formations like the lake and the mountains and the, you know those girls raised by animals and there's a slave trade going on and there's people in the quote badlands oh <laughs> another rip off oh like, my god every everything in this book is a rip off and it's so all over the place it just doesn't make sense <laughs> it's just and the, it, even like Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, they try to form a ragtag group to go on a quest, you know, at the very, <laughs> the very end. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? Too many cooks. Yeah. Too many cooks. So, um, <laughs> I, I know I it takes su- a lot to make a stew, but God damn. I want to support Gabriel Rodriguez because he does such great work with lock and key specifically as the artist uh and he again knocks it out of the park with great original art in this book it's very it's a feast for the eyes and it is a thick book to start i don't know if all the books are going to be like this but this is another 5.99 book that is twice as thick you know so it costs a pretty penny i would say don't get it (laughs) because even though there's a lot of setup, it doesn't look too promising, and it really lacks an originality. It really does feel like some guy who's just a fan of all of these things trying to shove them all together in one book, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, Ready Player One's already a thing. So that was a little <laughs> bit of a bummer. But uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps up all the comic book content I've read, which brings me to our latest and greatest segment, did the content match the drapes? Dun, dun, dun. Uh, last week we had two issues. One we couldn't catch up on. The other one was an annual, so it's a one-off. <laughs> and we were able to read it very easily. Um, this one being... Let me get the right comic here. This one being Batman Annual number 2 from DC Comics, of course. And this one was created by Tom King and Lee Weeks. Tom King being the writer, we're going to shout out today. Um, what did you think, Henry? Manual, my God. <laughs> I, I never thought I would ever use the term adorable when it comes <laughs> to a story about Batman. Yeah. But Tom King, in his ever-burgeoning wisdom has somehow managed to find a way. Yeah. This this book... This book was cute, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> it's nothing you haven't seen before from the whole Batman and Catwoman dynamic. Uh, and literally it, 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 certain it, lines in here are taken directly from things that have happened in the past and I've seen in previous comics. Uh, yeah, this not this, not really anything original, but it's very cute and it's framed in a cute way. I don't know. Yeah, the story is actually one very one very familiar theme, basically taken to its logical conclusion. Yeah, um, <laughs> there was a little bit at the end. <laughs> 
it didn't make the story bad. It doesn't hurt the content whatsoever. Not it was at just all. a peeve of mine where <laughs> they had a cameo and the crowd and a little crowd shot they had towards the end there. And Ooh. they ignored <laughs> Batman Beyond. Ooh. Which to me is a <laughs> sin. Ooh. We need Terry. <laughs> Uh, in a you, few, in a uh, f- specific future scene. So, as much as I like Terry McGinnis, I only see him as an Elseworlds character. But he's not. <laughs> Future's End established this. <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> and so did Rebirth when they converged everything. <laughs> oh, God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, it, this is obviously the Tom King interpretation of these worlds, you know. Right. I highly doubt that the conclusion that happened is going to happen in the main line right now. It, They've and, set it up, but the, if you know Batman, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. And if it is connected, then maybe our favorite, you know, young Batman is somewhere off screen. You know, doing the job. Right. <laughs> Even <laughs> or, though there's another character doing the job. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of people in Gotham are doing the job. Also fair. <laughs> including a character that should not be in this world. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid red hair and your glasses. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of my book. No. Get out of here, you. It, it was great. It was great. Uh, it's, it's a one-off issue. It's a thick issue. Again, yeah. $5.99. Yeah, it, it, was, <laughs> it, it was worth the money. But it's an annual, so you expect that. Um, Batman annual number two. Again, shout out to Tom King and Lee Weeks. Great art. Uh, great cover art. And good good writing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing, it, nothing too explosive or original, but good writing. Right. A nice it, cohesive story with good dialogue. Yes. And Although... I found it extremely funny because every time he would read a certain line of dialogue that would sound cute and like acceptable in a normal voice, I was reading in the the Batman voice. <laughs> but you're a criminal. <laughs> Squeak. <laughs> it made the comic so much funnier to me. I don't know. I had trouble like there was some heartfelt moments in it, but instead of like being hit by them, I was just like kind of giggling to myself. <laughs> so, I'm not going to forget to turn off the light. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I would say this week thumbs up content match the drapes. Oh yeah. Nothing definitely. out of this world, not gonna blow your socks off or anything, but Yeah, I, I just gotta say Tom King is just knocking it out of the park with just about everything that he's had had to write for. He's easily the best new writer they've had since they added him in the middle of the new fifty two, as far as I remember. I don't think he did anything before Grayson, which I will, as good as every he, time, as good as he writes, I will never forgive him for fucking Grayson because the advertisement for it, where it, like, did you see the big advertisement where it says, You don't know dick, and it shows Grayson with a big G on his chest holding out a pistol towards the spectator. I remember that. None of this, none of this is Dick Grayson. The joke is stupid and inappropriate. The big G on his chest doesn't really help him hide his identity. And he's pointing a fucking pistol 
<laughs> the disciple of Batman. <laughs> Why? Uh, there's great book, wrong character to do it with. Sometimes you got to let your kids go. <laughs> you don't know dick. Like, <laughs> fuck off. It's like, Talking. actually, a- actually, yes, I do. Uh, I, I've known Dick quite... Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I see what you did here. I know Richard Grayson very well, sir. <laughs> Talking about I don't know Dick. But yeah, other than that, having to use that character for that premise, he's been great. But I suspect it's Jeff John's fault that he had to use Dick Grayson because Jeff John's wanted to kill Dick Grayson... Oh, and yeah, forever yeah. evil because Jeff Johns hates Dick Grayson, and I hate Jeff Johns for hating Dick Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Obviously, good writer. <laughs> he has some good events, some bad events, but he hates Dick Grayson, and I don't know why. I wish he would stop. <laughs> he keeps trying to ruin and murder and beat the shit out of Dick Grayson. Just if leave Dick alone. If you just, you know, blind him with some, you know, green lantern light. Uh, <laughs> throat ma- punch ma- Jeff Johns. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know, just keep him distracted. Keep him occupied. Just yeah. don't let him know what's happening with Nightwing. Yeah, definitely. But Tom King, like Emery said, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Especially with Mr. Miracle. Please. Give us that good, good, good miracle. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The miracle's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh. I need more of it. And with that, let's get into the news. Hey. First up, <laughs> this one's kind of fun. Marvel's Monsters Unleashed number eight, released two weeks ago. They're still on that. <laughs> <laughs> had several misprints in the issue where pages from Luke Cage were accidentally placed in the intended Monsters Unleashed pages. What? Uh, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel has <laughs> announced that it will ship replacements to all the retailers at no cost and advises fans to return the issues to their local comic shops. I would say don't do it. <laughs> I will tell you why soon. No timetable has been released for the replacements. So they're not doing it. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so that's one reason why not to return them. Second reason is this will probably be valuable. It's like when they mint a coin the yeah. wrong way and print the wrong letter on it or something. Those coins immediately gain like $100 worth of value you know, oh, to coin collectors. Yeah. I imagine this will be a similar situation with comic collectors. Maybe not quite as much because Monsters Unleashed not the greatest comic in the world, but you know, uh, but uh, especially it, it, at number eight. <laughs> it, it's still a glaring Marvel fuck-up yeah. that uh, you, you can actually encase in you know however you want to frame your comic yeah. so i'm actually going to look out and see if i can find one with the the wrong pages in it oh it wasn't yeah. all all the prints of number eight but some versions of the prints got shipped with the wrong pages in it and they blamed marvel blamed it on a printer issue whatever <laughs> <laughs> like sure it was uh, but um, like that one and the the luke cage comic yeah, I would definitely look out for both of those. Yeah. To, like, have the, the complete set of Marvel fuck up. So, don't return it. <laughs> if you want to know what happened in the issue, just get the digital version. Right. Hold on to the physical one, because it'll probably be valuable at some point. Oh, yeah. Um. So, that's just a fun little story from Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, 
This is the biggest news, probably. Avengers Infinity War has released its first trailer to a record-breaking viewership on YouTube. Oh, buddy. Millions upon millions of people have watched this trailer. No surprise there. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? <laughs> um, when it comes to this movie, I like how they basically set this up as not not a type of movie where we're going to get all of the heroes against all of the villains, which they could have easily have done. Yeah. They have made it very clear that this is going to be solely about how all of them deal with this one fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos, uh, as some of you know, as the wrinkle chin dude in the chair, <laughs> has somehow in this trailer managed to show up which much with much less clothing than we've seen him in before. Yeah, that that's been the big like meme point for a lot of people. Like <laughs> they have Thanos as the guy from Pawn Stars, you know, <laughs> offering three fifty for the, <laughs> the Infinity Stones and stuff. I don't know. That's I only got two eighty. Uh, uh, okay, two ninety five. Deal. Yeah, he really does look like the guy from Pawn Stars though, because he's got the chin that looks like a goatee and the bald head. <laughs> I don't see why they just didn't give him his armor. Like, right? Why? There's no. There's no. He's a CG blob. You don't. Now, why does he need to have the CG purple head? Now, here's my thing for that. While everyone who knows Thanos immediately associates him with his iconic look, the the weird the like big gold lined, yeah. yeah, the the helmet that gives him eyebrows and the, <laughs> the weird like fanned out shoulders, yeah. Um, that's all very iconic. But I think they went the very logical route of what the hell would you even need to feel like wearing armor for when you have the most powerful thing in the universe? But that's the thing. He's already worn it. That's true. He, every cameo we've seen of him up to this point, he's been wearing it. Yeah, he's worn it every single time. You're about to go into a fight. Why wouldn't you wear it? There's no reason not to wear it. Oh. It, well, maybe there's one reason. He doesn't see it as a fight. <laughs> but the, come on. That's so stupid. I, I mean, yeah. Him it, it, sitting in his fucking throne by himself, doing nothing but floating through space. He feels the need to wear the helmet, <laughs> but he takes it off for the fight. That's stupid. Come on. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I think it was just they didn't want to animate it. <laughs> like, ah, that's that's a heavy dose of CG. Uh, eh, it's cheaper not to do it. We're already paying all these fucking actors for this movie. Let's make it a little cheaper on ourselves. Don't wear the helmet. Now, he it, has the gauntlet on well, well, during this scene, but he doesn't have the fucking helmet or <laughs> the armor. Well, I mean, here's the thing with that, though. He's already just a CGI monster. Why not? Since it's all going to be CGI, not just have that a part of the model that they already have. Because when you have the armor on, it allows the viewer to go, oh, it's shiny because it's armor. When you don't have armor and the CG is just skin <laughs> and it's very early pre-production CG in the trailer, because the movie's not going to be released for a while, it looks like butt. <laughs> and Thanos looks like shit. In this trailer. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I think his CG looks just as bad as the Justice League trailer CG did. 
and it's it's yeah it's it's pretty much on par. <laughs> like, I, I especially mean, with the helmet, you can hide a lot. Yeah, you can hide a lot with shiny things. That's true. There's, that is very uh, true. Unless there's a narrative reason, like somebody punched him hard enough to knock his sh- helmet off or something. Fine, that's cool. But <laughs> why did you feature the ugly, like hard to convince, you know, CG where there's that uncanny valley where you're like, oh. That looks like a blob. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it, that's a it, weird wet blob it, of a head. It's it's the same issue with Steppenwolf in the Justice League. But he wears a helmet, but <laughs> so it hides a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they don't have to <laughs> animate a big bald shiny head of flesh. <laughs> you know, it's just all a of little bit of his face, and, and then a big gaudy helmet that you can <laughs> convince audiences is metallic. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, small gripe, not a big deal, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's a gripe that's going. It's to a get, valid gripe, I think. Yeah, uh, it it's a gripe that's honestly, once the movie actually get comes out, is going to be lost in the sea of oh my god, they're all together in one movie. Yeah, holy shit. Now, I'm I'm just gonna shoot my opinion out there. Of all of the trailers from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I've seen, for me, honestly. Even though I expected it to be like the most hype worthy, like over the top, maybe it's just because I had high expectations. But this is like the most, probably the weakest trailer from them I've seen. It's uh, it, there's a reason for that. I mean, it's just granted, it's such a huge movie in scope because we have all these separate teams doing different things. But I feel like the tone of the trailer was just like the transitions were bad and like obviously the CG is early stages, just like the justice league. And it, <laughs> although I anticipate Marvel will get on top of it on like justice league. Yeah. Um, they, they have the money to do that. <laughs> it looks bad. And they used a lot of CG for the trailer. Like the Spider-Man looking like Gumby <laughs> uh, on the giant snake thing. And Thanos yeah. and his weird shiny bald head and, <laughs> and his, you know, scrotum chin. Oh, and just, yeah, yeah, it just, <laughs> Just a lot of weird looking stuff and like weird lined like framing in the trailer where usually Marvel's much more on top of this. I don't know. And I yeah. felt like there just wasn't that beat for beat, you know, like rhythm. It, that's what it, that's yeah. what it is. It, there, there was no rhythm to the trailer. Right. And like the end scene, which you would think would be a, like a great like, whoa, you know, ending to the trailer. But the, it was just like edited so awkwardly, you know. Yeah. Who, who are you guys? pause pause cut <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that was that was a very weird like dead air moment yeah uh, now normally i only watch like the first trailer for a movie maybe a second if i catch it on tv or something and then i try to avoid everything because i don't want anything spoiled for me and it's worked out pretty well for me that's probably what i'm going to do with this but i feel like i'm going to need to watch the second trailer to see if it is just as like off rhythm yeah. No, the biggest reason why the trailer is as honestly kind of shoddily thrown together as it is is because from what I've heard, it's mostly just updated uh, clips from the movie that are spliced into what they've already played during... Uh, not sure if it was San Diego Comic Con or like the Disney Twenty Three thing yeah. that they do, but people have already seen this before. Okay, technically, it there's just 
more stuff that they added on to it for this one. That uh, the way that the the dialogue is done in this trailer is almost, from what I've heard, beat for beat what they've done already. Okay. So uh, this yeah. is this is not their best work. Honestly, this was. I feel like if yeah. that's the case, though, you would just hold it back because. It, it's kind of cannibalizing the attention for Star Wars, which is another Disney property. Right. So now people are focused on this trailer instead of what they should be focused on, which is Star Wars, which is coming out very soon. Um, well, well, this is in. Th- this is very. Uh, what's the word? It's very evident that through their cannibali- cannibalizing of the attention, that. They honestly, they, they've kind of assumed with Star Wars that people are just going to show up. Yeah. Like, but pe- shouldn't they assume that with Avengers too and just hold the trailer? Doesn't that make sense to wait until you have a really well-made trailer? It, like, yeah. Hey, people are going. You don't have to advertise it a year ahead of time, you know? You're not wrong with that. Just, oh. it, it, <laughs> hold your load. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> premature <laughs> cinematography here <laughs> all over the screen, just exploding all over the screen. It, I'm, he, my explanation for this is there were two shots, two shots that they wanted everyone to see. Team Brains versus Team Gains? You damn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not create this, by the way. This came from a Podcast Beyond Facebook thread uh. that somebody made a meme for, which I'll post here. Yeah. Uh, I would g- give credit to the person, but it got like passed through several hands, and I have no idea who was the original. But Yeah. Uh, With very, that said, very funny. <laughs> that was very well put together. Whoever did it. Um and not we- wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they managed to put those two teams together hilariously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know what you're doing. <laughs> but yeah, that that is in my mind and in, in my honest opinion what the people who were behind this trailer really wanted to put out there were those shots. Yeah. I don't I feel like it would have been a lot better if they had made it like a bonus to going to Star Wars. Like they should have done that. Without premiering it, without telling anybody, like for the first week of the release of Star Wars, because you know that's when the majority of people are gonna see it initially. Yeah. Have that trailer as the first thing you see before the movie. You know, like trailer, 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 trailer. Oh, what's this? Oh, oh yeah. what's this? I, I would have blow fl- your brains movie. <laughs> <laughs> And so you have that initial like great feeling going straight into Star yeah. Wars, you know. The effect of that would have been monumental. Yeah. So someone needs to contact their marketing department, get their shit together. Yeah, because <laughs> that was a miss. That that was, that a, was a, that a big fucking miss. Wasted opportunity. You could have made that great for everybody. Oh. Oh. People would re- remember that for twenty years, right? You know? <laughs> they would they wouldn't forget something like that. So it's like oh, it's a shame. Yeah. I'd say put it like at the premiere, then a week or two later, show it on YouTube, you know, for anybody who didn't see it. Right. Because uh, whatever. Yeah, that would have been the fucking talk of the town, but, of yeah. every town. But yeah, anything else to add about the trailer? Uh, hopefully the next one's better. <laughs> I'm sure the movie will be great, but. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's going to. They just. It, it, this was not the, the best way they could have sold this. For sure. 
Next up, uh, the first images of Brenton Twaits. 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 He's <laughs> twait like a twiger. As Dick Grayson's Robin in the DC Digital streaming app show Titans has been released. What do you think? I gotta say, I really like this Robin costume. I thought it looked awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it looked really good. I'd say the domino mask looks a little weird. It looks like like somebody cut really, really thin rubber and just like slapped it on his face. And it's like, oh, that looks awkward. Turn your head. <laughs> Turn your head to the side so they can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, honestly, I thought it was small. Yeah. Phrasing. Uh, <laughs> dick is small. <laughs> Easy uh, joke. Enough dick jokes <laughs> for one podcast. Um, uh, for one podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. But I thought he looked great. Yeah. Now, one thing that worries me is I thought he was supposed to be Nightwing. Maybe this is a flashback Robin or something, but that's what I'm assuming. It was advertised that he was going to be exclusively Nightwing for Titans. And yeah. For some reason, it seems like they're going to, as with a lot of DC TV, Arrow, I'm looking at you, flashbacks are going to happen to kind of flesh <laughs> out this character. And yeah. It's like, oh, for those who aren't like initiated or have literally been living under a rock for the last 75 years, <laughs> we need to explain who Robin is. So, I don't know. I, I thought it looked awesome. Again, they're sending this show to die on their exclusive streaming app. Oh. And it, it breaks it, my heart because it looks like they're doing everything right. <laughs> they're getting a great cast. The the the, the suits look great. They're not CG. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're doing everything I want. Except for the except one for, thing that would get, actually make oh. this show last just like star trek discovery man oh they're killing that show by making it exclusive to that stupid cbs app oh. stop it <laughs> stop trying to extort us into spending more money on your stupid app just let us watch it on we like, already a paid for your TV. fucking channel on tv right let us watch it normally please oh what's the worst about this is this was supposed to be on tnt it was supposed to be on television right and they took it away and said eh, Fuck you. We're putting it on our new app. We're going to make you pay for this one. <sighs> so It's like, God. That's sad because I'm so excited for this. And I, I think it's going to be great, but it's just going to die a slow, painful death. And it, <sighs> you know what's going to hurt the most? Actually having to pay for it just to watch this show. Because you know we're going to have to review it. <laughs> 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 and our, along with our adult Harley Quinn great oh my Ugh. god next up <laughs> a trailer for the Batman Ninja digital anime from Japan uh, has been released oh sweet is Batman a ninja in this one no he's a fucking samurai what <laughs> How? <laughs> so this is from Japan, by the way. I don't know if the like English translation was just bad, but they made Batman, who in the comics and the movies is basically a ninja, trained by ninjas, a samurai. Japan, you had one job. Gave it the title, Batman, colon, ninja. <laughs> what? Uh, mm. I don't think I've ever been more angry 
at someone <laughs> making me so goddamn confused. <laughs> now, if you've seen this trailer, go check it out. It it look it has a cool stylish element to it, but it's that digital animation where all the animations look just really weird and like frame by frame it feels like it's going really slow frame by frame oh. it's like something recorded in like 30 frames per second and then it's broadcast in like 24 so it just looks jerky and slow that's weird and that's just that's just all this digital animation nowadays where they're trying to get it as close to real animation as possible but they're failing because <laughs> it's, it's just this weird like playstation 2 graphic looking you know oh i don't know that and then you know they have the weird like samurai aesthetic in a ninja series um where joker and batman are both samurais and they have robin like as a kid but bald (laughs) with that like samurai pattern Wait, but why uh, though? Reasons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then the people that actually are ninjas, Nightwing and I'm guessing Tim Drake Robin for reasons. <laughs> Trained by a samurai. What? Because <laughs> reasons. Because and they, and they have, works, right? And they're like in the feudal era of Japan. But at some point they get mechs because <laughs> it looked cool. I was like, "All right, I can kind of get past the animation and the weird quirks and the weird, stupid title that's not accurate." <laughs> but then they start showing mechs and like jets and stuff, and I'm like, "Because Japan, what is going on in this stupid thing?" So, if you want to have a guy who's basically Batman. Who lives with you know a, a oh and he's butler. got a butler yeah he's got an English looking butler of course he does with the samurai and everything next to him <laughs> in the feudal era of Japan if you want Batman uh, piloting a mech you watch Big O that anime already exists why in the fl- you know what. <laughs> You know, Japan it's just weird Japan you crazy it, it looks like it could be really cool or the worst <laughs> and there's really nothing in between yeah so, God. I don't know messing with my mind we'll see we'll see what happens I guess we will and final news item kind of ended on a downer I really like to end on downers don't I yeah God, we've, we've, yeah we've had a had a thing with that the executive producer, Andrew Kreisberg, of the Flash and Supergirl TV series, has been fired following an internal investigation of several sexual harassment claims filed against him. And apparently this has been going on for several years, but again, because of his status, his power, his placement on the show, his importance to the show. No they, one spoke up they, until now. Well, they spoke up. It's just HR was like, oh, yeah, we'll get to checking it pretty soon, like a lot of these companies. And yeah. unfortunately, they finally did the investigation, suspended him while they did it, and because of all the other things going on and basically <laughs> the foundations of Hollywood toppling. Yeah. You know, um, and apparently their internal investigation found... That it warranted serious action, so they fired him immediately. <laughs> so, uh, kind of sucks. 
because he was a really well liked and well respected, you know, guy for fans who had done great work for the Flash and yeah. Supergirl. Once Supergirl came to CW, yeah, uh, <laughs> the Flash was uh, is my favorite DC TV show, and it fucking sucks to hear that I miss the Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Somebody save me! No, Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it it had its time. It was great. It, it it was. It was the original CW show. It was before CW was CW. <laughs> <laughs> it set the tone, and God damn it! Why did of all of the shows that could have had something like this happen? The Flash? Yeah. God! I mean, nobody's invulnerable. Apparently, there's these fucking skeeve right. pieces of shit at it, every level, man. It, it's, I, was, I, it's, I keep trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, well, innocent until proven guilty. These are accusations, and it seems like most of them are just like things they said, you know, that were inappropriate for the office or whatever. But then you get the truth out of them, and they admit it. And, like, oh. there's internal investigations that confirm it, and there's emails, and there's, like, f- filed reports and complaints coming from several people, and you're just, it like... It just seems like there's more. Matt Lauer now, and just, like, all of these like people. more Louis C.K., Matt Lauer, you know... It gets just, worse uh, and oh worse. Oh, my God. Everybody. It, it's like the, that whole a, business. <laughs> you either die a hero or you live long point. enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Hollywood elites, quit being fucking slime bags. It's fucking top God, to bottom. You're it's killing like, dreams here. <laughs> like Just because you've made a ton of money doing something that millions of people wish that they could do, does not give you a free pass to be the worst fucking person in the world. <laughs> so, God damn uh, it. We've already talked extensively about we, this. We have. In a previous it, episode, I think it, 11 or 10 or somewhere around there. It just sucks that we had to bring it up again. But it makes me so angry because I was the one trying to do the right thing and be like, all right, a lot of these are just claims. Let's, uh, let's keep let's, our pitchforks and torches at bay for just a second until we get wait. confirmation. Yeah. And then confirmation for basically all of them. I'm yeah. Like, Fuck. <laughs> I think only one person has denied the accusations, and it was George Decay. That's yeah. the only one I can remember of all of them that yeah, I, denied I, anything. I, I don't know if uh, any. Kevin Spacey tried to hide it by announcing he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> to try to like overshadow the news, but he failed dramatically. Yeah, no. Like, Oof. Just it, it, it's just, so gross. Oh, across the board, man. Fucking top to bottom. <sighs> oh well. Well, <laughs> that, my friends, is the news. <laughs> Sorry for the downer. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Now that we're done with that, Chris. What books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> oh, as always, we read you the newest releases coming to your comic book shops and digital devices this week. Um, we always use freshcomics.us. I want to make sure <laughs> I give them credit because I always forget, but they are a great resource. I'm going to put a button on our webpage that goes directly to them just to help you out. So go to my webpage, you know, htbvids.com to go there if you don't remember what it is. Um, otherwise, you can go straight to freshcomics.us. 
.us. Make sure it's .us because it's a great comic book resource and it literally tells you all the releases coming that have been announced for the next five years <laughs> and you can go back and see what was previously released, you know? Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, along with that, it it doesn't just give you like the Marvel DC image yeah. and like maybe one or two. He gives you all of it them. It gives you everything, including like some mangas and stuff. So yeah, it's and- a great resource. Definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. First up, from Marvel Comics. Now, I want to say we have a lot of great covers this week. So when we do our covers and variant covers of the week segment, there was some tough competition, unlike last week. Last week was was a very light week, I think, because of Thanksgiving and stuff. Yeah. But it was just a lot of annuals and nonsense comics and variants. This week, there's a lot of great comics out. Yeah. And a lot of great covers to go along with it. So This is quite the switch. Shout out to this week. It was a very strong week. First up, from Marvel Comics, we have Astonishing X-Men number six. We have Avengers number 674. Another cool comic cover uh, for both of those. We have Black Bolt number eight. We have Captain America number 696. Wait a minute. (laughs) Notice he's getting shot. (laughs) Captain America's not bulletproof. (laughs) And he's defending himself with... A sword? (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe... We might have forgotten something, guys. Yeah, there's some there's some inconsistencies going on here. Only a little. Uh, next up, we have Doctor Strange, number 382. Another cool cover. We have Guardians of the Galaxy, number 148. We have Gwenpool, number 23. We have Hawkeye, number 13. Another cool cover. Oh, yeah. We have Iceman, number eight. We have Inhumans, Once and Future Kings, number five. We have Iron Fist, number 75. Couldn't give a shit about Iron Fist. Cool cover. Uh, We have Spider-Man, number 235. We have Spirits of Vengeance, number three. We have Star Wars, Darth Vader, number nine. We have... The Amazing Spider-Man cross Venom, Venom Inc. Alpha, number one. We have X-Men Gold, number 17. And I just want to say, I apologize, folks, if any outside shouting or anything is going on. OSU just won the Big Ten Championship. and <laughs> Yes, they did. <laughs> and the Buckeyes are going crazy around us because we're in Columbus, Ohio. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Next up, DC Comics, we have Bane Conquest, number eight. We have Batman, number 36. We have Batman Cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, two, number one. Wait a minute. (laughs) And a secret of the use. (laughs) And based on the cover, I think Donatello's going to get broken by Bane. Because that is a very terrified-looking Donatello, and that is a very angry-looking Bane. To be fair, Bane always looks angry and always (laughs) has to break someone. 
And it might be Donatello this time. <laughs> now, if you haven't read the first uh, Batman uh, Ninja, Turtles. Ninja Turtles crossover, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I have all the issues. Love the art. F- fun story. It's very well done. It's worth picking up. I'll probably pick up the first issue just to see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. uh, if it's as good as this, the other one. Next up, we got a big release. Book we carry on about all the time. Yeah. We have Batman White Knight number three. Ooh. Woo. Oh, yeah. They're riding this train all the way to the end. <laughs> uh, Sh- Sean-, Sean Murphy. Yep. Yeah. That one from Sean Murphy. So, <laughs> and it has a cool variant to go along with it. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, my double... favorite surprise about the first issue. Was the first issue or the second issue? Uh, that was the second issue. Second issue, yeah. yeah. My favorite surprise about the second issue <laughs> is the variant. <laughs> um, next up, we have Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number two. Get it? Because he's black. I swear to God. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> Just call him Lightning. <laughs> uh not just that, but uh, I, I really want someone in that comic, like just as part of the dialogue, to say, you know, for a guy named Black Lightning, your lightning is actually very white. <laughs> your costume is very blue. <laughs> Literally, nothing is black about you. Except, except for your face. Your skin. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, that, and that's a brown. I think we need to update that name, DC. Yeah. Just, let's, let's bring it to the 21st century. Yeah, like, didn't we call him Vulcan for a while? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'll, I'll call him Static Shock. I don't care. <laughs> uh, uh, please bring back Static Shock. Woo! Woo! Uh, next up, Bombshells United, number seven. We have Cyborg, number 19. Seeming to not be able to take a bullet. He's made of metal. <laughs> I, I think they forgot how Cyborg works. Uh, we have DC Universe Holiday Special 2017, number one. Hey. We have Dastardly and Muttley, number four. We have Deadman, number two. We have Deathstroke, number 26. We have Green Arrow, number 35. Another great cover. We have Green Lanterns, number 36. We have Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica, number three. We have Injustice 2, number 15. We have Justice League, number 34. We have Nightwing, number 34. This time getting his ass kicked by nature. (laughs) Because every cover of Nightwing has to have him getting killed, murdered, or getting his ass kicked. I mean, it's because obvious. Because Jeff Johns hates Nightwing. Uh, Jeff Johns thinks that Nightwing is unnatural. That's what this is. Every, every other hero <laughs> in comic cover gets a fun, like, heroic cover or something, you know, posing, whatever. Nightwing, every single cover, <laughs> getting his ass kicked. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Superman, number 36. And to round things out for DC, we have the Jetsons, number two. Forgot that that was a thing. From Image Comics, we have Black Cloud, number six. We have Extremity, number nine. We have Mirror, number nine. We have Moonstruck, number four. We have number one with a bullet, 
number two. <laughs> it's a book we talked about, I think, two episodes ago. Yeah. That, every time I hear that title, I think of, uh, you know, that band, Panic! At, <laughs> at the Disco. Yeah, it's it's good setup, interesting setup. Wasn't really going in a direction I liked, but it it could surprise me. So I'll, yeah, I'll probably pick up an issue too. We'll see. We have Paper Girls number eighteen. We have Rock Candy Mountain number six. We have Savage Dragon number two twenty nine. We have Scales and Scoundrels number four. We have. Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 30. We have The Fix, another cool cover, number 10. We have The Grave Diggers Union, number 2. We have The Walking Dead, number 174. Jeez, Image has a strong week. Yeah, they do. We have Throwaways, number 10. We have Witchblade, number 1. Ooh, is it my birthday? (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps up Image Comics. From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time, number 71. We have Giant Days, number 33. We have Claws and the Crisis in Xmasville, number one. Claws being that crazy Grant Morrison murder Santa comic okay. <laughs> from a few years ago. You, you keep calling it Claws. It's Claws. But every time I see that name spelled with a K, <laughs> I I'm know. going to call him Klaus. It's Claws. <laughs> It's Grant Morrison, so he needs to add a K. <laughs> it's like combat in Mortal Kombat. Oh, come on. Because he's a killer clause. <laughs> it's barbarian clause. It, we don't need to spell things in Mortal Kombat tees. I read the first iteration of it, and it was fun. So it's probably going to be more fun. We have Rocco's Modern Life, number one. We talked about this several weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been a we have the Amory Wars Good Apollo. I'm Burning Star for number nine. What the? F- uh, hold on. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I hate this. Co- Every time I have to read this cover, I get angry. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It, uh, like I, I overheard you saying it, and like I was immediately taken aback by how fucking stupidly long this title is <laughs> unnecessarily long now a picture of this title on the cover oh <laughs> is there any art left yeah no uh, oh. next up we have the power of the dark crystal another cool cover and cool variant cover from the artist of uh monstrous so shout out to those covers uh from archie comics we have B&V, Friends Winter Annual Digest, number 257. From Dark Horse Comics, we have Chimichanga, The Sorrow of the World's Worst Face, number four. We have Rasputin, Voice of the Dragon, number two. We have Usagi Yojimbo, number 164. From Valiant, we have Faith Winter Wonderland Special Number One. From Aftershock Comics, we have Alters Number Eight. From Scout Comics, we have Mindbender Number Five. 
From Lion Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime, Noble, number three. From Vault Comics, we have Heathen, number eight. Another cool cover. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out this prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. Ooh. First up, our cover of the week goes to Hawkeye, oh. number 13, drawn by Julian Totino Tedesco. I really, really like this cover. It's a really fun cover. Um, <laughs> you see Hawkeye and female Hawkeye. <laughs> um <laughs> Posing for their jail photos. Yeah. Their processing photos. It's like seeing uh, them both with like a (laughs) fucked up face doing mud shots. Yeah. Looking pretty beat the fuck up and uh, messing with each other. It's it's just a fun cover. It's (laughs) it's done well. It looks nice. And it it looks like a movie poster almost. It does. Like I'm imagining it was like it has the feel of like. This is what would happen if you somehow managed to get arrested alongside your dad. Yeah. So this is going to be part one of this new uh, line here. So probably going to pick it up. Again, number 13. Makes sense. Release 12 issues a year. New line starts every year. Yeah. So this should be pretty fun. We'll see if uh, Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero... Uh, made the content as nice as the drapes next week. And again, really great week for covers and variant covers this week. So <laughs> hands off to them. To oh, yeah. Knocking this out of the park. It's just, this is great. This is very, very well done. It's well done and fun. Yes. <laughs> Hard thing to do sometimes. Next up, our variant cover of the week goes to... <sighs> Nightwing number 34. Hey. Cover by Yasmin Putri. Now, the main reason I like this cover is because Nightwing is doing the ass kicking <laughs> and not getting his ass kicked. That's also the main reason why I like this cover. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate this cover. Uh, one, doing something that hasn't been done with Nightwing as far as covers are concerned for a while, making him look heroic. (laughs) And two, I like the uh, interesting perspective that it had on it. It, Like it it had kind of a, you are also a part of this group that are trying to go after Nightwing. Yeah. Which maybe that might be uh, Jeff Johns's, uh, personal fantasy <laughs> <laughs> you know how you have those politicians that are really really against gay marriage or something yeah and then they get caught with a gay prostitute you know <laughs> and their career falls apart or whatever and they have to apologize and say that they <laughs> were you know manipulated by something or whatever right uh, whether it be <laughs> supernatural or otherwise <laughs> um I feel like Jeff Johns is that to Nightwing. <laughs> he secretly adores Nightwing, but he can't bring himself to admit it. 
And he can't let anyone so he, see it. He does everything he can to shit on Nightwing. And then one day it'll come out that he's just got a shrine to Dick Grayson all through his house. <laughs> he's got a little private dungeon where it's just <laughs> Nightwing covers and Robin covers. And <laughs> oh, God. Just... And crudely drawn like pictures of Nightwing and his own blood and stuff. I, I'm imagining yeah. he like pays someone to dress up as Nightwing and just hits him in his sensitive <laughs> spots with his scream sticks <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, sorry, Jeff. I love what you do, but you got to stop shitting on Nightwing. Right. Otherwise, someone is going to hit you with his scream sticks <laughs> I made per- some. It, particularly ones that have, you know, taser edges on them. <laughs> <laughs> you leave Nightwing alone. That's um, right. Make a Brit- leave Britney alone video with that. <laughs> uh, oh God, yeah, that's a throwback. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we're probably not going to check whether this matches the drapes because it's a finale, which and means that we would, quite frankly, to... because of the events in Rebirth, I didn't like the new version of like the new direction for Nightwing. I should say yeah. so far, <laughs> but. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to read 34 issues <laughs> uh, to catch up to this in a week. So, sorry, folks. I, I'll try to get up to it because, let's face it, I love Nightwing. I'm going to read it anyway. So Right. Just, I'll let you know at some point. Yeah. Just not by next week. But if you like art, if you like wonderful art, this is it's beautiful. It's great perspective. It's Nightwing being heroic for once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it, he's fighting a big crowd of goons and it's all done in that kind of watercolor i don't know aesthetic that i typically like i don't know yeah there's just a lot to like about it <clears throat> and we'll we'll see if they put the big blue rebirth thing on it and ruin half of it but if they don't <laughs> it's a really great cover so yeah definitely also uh, uh last bit like if you want to make a really good nightwing cover the uh, best way to make him look heroic is to play to his strengths, which are his screamistics and his acrobatics, and this and co- the fact that he's basically Batman. Uh, it, well, well, that too. He he's not the kid from Kick Ass, <laughs> <laughs> so quit beating his fucking ass on every cover. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. <laughs> Why do they hate him so much? It hurts me. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh. again, gr- congratulations to Yasmin Putri. This is genuinely a life-changing award. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, we will tell you whether Tim Silly and Miguel Mendonca, Mendonca. Hopefully, maybe I pronounced that right. Mendonca, Mendonca donk. We'll let you know if the content matches the drapes. At some point in the future. Not, yeah. Not next week. So, and now for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comic books for your amusement. Emery, what's your topic? My topic for today is going to be good reboot versus bad reboot. Speaking of reboots... Have you seen these robots from Boston Dynamics? <laughs> I just saw a video of those fucking robots doing backflips <laughs> on uneven platforms oh. without an issue. <laughs> That's terrifying. 
Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> instead of... Uh, Not to change the topic. But. Uh, only a little. Uh, the, the whole thing with those robots is they don't need a reboot. For the safety of everyone in the future, they just need a full EMP. Fry the circuits, let it die. Unless they control the EMPs. Those sons of bitches. Skynet. Speaking of reboots, <sighs> Terminator. Terminator. They're rebooting Terminator again. It, yeah, because the first few times weren't enough. <laughs> so they're going yeah. They're going back to the post-Terminator 2 world. I swear to God. With old Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Just let uh, it die. Terminator 2, greatest action film of all time. Probably, it's con- it's probably confirmed. Probably my, my favorite film of all time. It, it, yeah. yeah. It, and it has the most badass female protagonist ever. Sarah Connor, may she always live in infamy. Holy shit, is she badass in the second movie. Oh my God. She's got some fucking guns. <laughs> she should have been Wonder Woman. She should have been the first woman. <laughs> She was jacked. <laughs> uh, and she could have done it. Uh, Linda Hamilton. Linda. That's that's what it was. Linda Hamilton, you're a badass and I love you. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Another fun fact about Columbus. We have a giant statue of Arnold at our convention center that, right in downtown. That no matter whether or not it looks like he's looking at you, he's looking at you and judging you. Mm-hmm. Asking. Do you even lift? Do you even lift? Uh, uh, <laughs> come on. It comes down to your calf muscles uh, every time. All right. Sorry. All right. Now, um, good reboots versus bad reboots in terms of comics. Uh, it is. Now, are we going across the board, movies, comics, TV shows, whatever? Uh, or just sticking with comics? I'll extend it to comic book related media. Even though, I, I mean, like for comic book related media, I'll just give it a, a quick, uh, this one was good, this one was bad, this is why. Yeah. Uh, for like actual like comic books, we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, when it comes to a good reboot... <laughs> I, I like to think of specifically Superman in his uh, TV outings. Um, there was Lois and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, mm-hmm. which will always have a soft spot in my heart because it was done. It was done exactly the way that Superman should be done. And then Smallville came along. Somebody say. This time I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, love Smallville. I don't know. I, I, correction. I love the first f- several seasons of Smallville. <laughs> uh, Got a little long in the tooth and started doing some things I didn't like. It, y- yeah. When uh, Lex Luthor still had a, his dad doing his thing, that's when it was great. Yes. When it became all about Lex Luthor, just like having sex with Clark's girlfriend. Mm, not as great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The, maybe not focus on that. Yeah. Um, also, th- there were quite a few episodes that were dedicated to team building, as it were. <laughs> that Those are in later seasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, with that being said, 
that is comic book related media my greatest example of a good reboot yeah in my opinion i didn't really watch the lois and clark show just wasn't my taste yeah um but smallville to me was the first great live action tv show for any kind of comic book in my personal opinion uh, easily it was just wonderful i love that show <laughs> and what's the greatest thing about it is even though it had the name smallville it was on wb yeah as like a teen drama like that's how they advertise it i didn't even realize it was supposed to be about superman <laughs> <laughs> but people kept telling me oh it's great you gotta watch it and i'm like it's a teen drama i don't uh, give a fuck about that yeah list. and then I tuned in one day, and I was like, this is about Superman? <laughs> what? <laughs> this whole time? <laughs> and I immediately watched every rerun that was popping up. I, I looked on the TV schedule. I'd make sure to watch every rerun that came up. show took you by surprise, didn't yeah, it? <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Yeah. My God. It, it's hard to top that in terms of like rebooting something. Yeah. Um, also, in uh, TV reboots... I have an example of a bad reboot. And this unfortunately happened on what is still currently my favorite DC TV show, The Flash. <gasps> what do you think of when you think of Flashpoint? Big life changing, time altering event with big battles and murder and fucking devil bat oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah 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 thomas wayne papa bat <laughs> with it... a sword <laughs> hell yeah uh, two pistols yeah basically all of the good shit that you mentioned was completely missing from the the TV's rendition of this and the fucking badass war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman oh yeah oh yeah so metal yeah i want that shit yeah. and i didn't get it <laughs> uh unfortunately <laughs> i feel like flashpoint was wrapped up in like one episode <laughs> <laughs> that's because it was yeah. that's because it was yeah that i think was probably the biggest mistake they have ever made with that show flashpoint should have gone at least maybe eight episodes i thought it was going to be the entire season yeah i thought it was going to be him causing flashpoint and then trying to resolve it and then the end being whatever it was you know right this could have been something that because of what they had built with that comic that led to the new 52 being a thing yeah they had so much room to work with yeah they absolutely. had so many things that they could have turned on its head so many things that they could have alluded to that were just not even addressed or ever talked about. Yeah. Instead, we got a a basic, what would have happened if we had actually gone back to save Barry Allen's mom? Uh, He lives a regular life, kind of. And, you know, things are normal. But he still has a little bit of his powers, but not really, because he's kind of losing them. But, you know, yeah, he still has reasons. his powers a little bit. Because <laughs> reasons? Reasons, yeah. 
And it, it, look, Wally West. <laughs> look, look, look. <laughs> Don't look over here. Look over here, Wally West. Hey, hey, hey. We got this other speedster right here. And we even gave him a speedster villain. The <laughs> uh, rival? Who? Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, the, that, whoa. Does that really count as a reboot, though? I feel like it was just like a saga for the same show. Which is a great show. So. I mean, it's a great show, but technically it counts because that, for at least one episode, completely resets that entire universe. <laughs> Fortunately, we got back to show as regularly scheduled yeah. by the second episode because, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have... 89 Batman rebooting the kind of <laughs> the, the, the early campy... Adam West Batman show, basically. Yeah. Then we go into Val Kilmer Batman, which is basically an extension of the Michael Keaton one, but with Val Kilmer in the stead instead of Michael Keaton. Then we have the real reboot <laughs> where we go into George Clooney territory. Awful reboot. Because nothing makes sense, too cartoony, like in not a good way. Batman animated series, literally a cartoon, far better. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh wow, yeah, you're not wrong. Then you have uh, what the Nolan verse next. Yeah, and Nolan verse again, another reboot, but this time done in a very kind of original way for superhero movies. But a great way. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably this, the greatest way. This kind uh, of set the tone. Which fun fact? Christopher Nolan had that idea back in the nineties. Really? And, yeah, and he he only got to do it like so long after that because like one Schumacher and and crew fucked that up. No, but two. Um, his greatest regret was never getting the chance to do that earlier and then going to see the movie X-Men and then saying to people, that was my idea. <laughs> Make them dark. <laughs> yeah. But then you have uh, the kind of mixed bag with, <laughs> to say the least, with the Snyderverse. Uh, Superman. You have the big iconic Superman of the 70s, 80s. Um with uh chris reeves and then you go into man of steel basically i mean there's the one what brandon ruth yeah his name uh ralph ralph whatever uh superman returns he's in the middle he was an okay superman but that movie was terrible (laughs) Uh, not his fault but the movie was itself was terrible yeah um there is such a thing as homaging too much yeah um I mean, there's the corny, like, Thor and, like, Hulk from, like, the 80s and stuff. Oh, yeah. You can kind of count the MCU as a reboot, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Hulk is probably the most egregious of reboots. Oh. Because they kind of keep them in the same universe, but kind of don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> they kind of ignore some details, and then they kind of don't. <laughs> and you have, like, three different actors playing the same guy. 
And the one who has been the longest lasting one has not had his own movie. <laughs> so, you know, Which is a shame. I feel like that's the not the way you want to handle a reboot. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. For that, sure. That, that, that was bad. Um, I guess X-Men kind of did it with First Class where they kind of tried to reboot the universe and put new actors in the stead, but it's still kind of the same universe, but kind of not. And and then they uh, rebooted it a whole movie later yeah. with Days, Days of Future, of Future Past. Past. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and watch us reboot a universe in the middle of this movie. Yeah. And with Age of Apocalypse, we have another sort I, of universe built yeah. <laughs> for the phoenix saga which i (laughs) pray they don't get to (laughs) i hope disney buys them before they can make that mistake oh please Uh, please also uh little side note uh if we reboot the x-men again this time just having them in the mcu (laughs) i'm gonna be really worried for captain marvel (laughs) because you know who takes carol danvers powers right yeah. And honestly, I'd rather have Powered Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me a rogue that has super strength and flying versus just having Captain Marvel who can do that, I'm going to take Rogue every time. See, the X-Men movies has the emo rogue before oh. she <laughs> physically molests Captain Marvel. Uh <laughs> Where she's just like, oh, I'll suck up your powers and you'll be like, oh, man. The cool rogue who can fly and punch through things, she gets those powers by putting Captain Marvel in a coma from yeah. sucking so much of her power away. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Like, and that's... You can't um, really do that unless the universe is like together. Yeah. Fox. And sell it. Just sell it. <laughs> Just sell it. You know sell you want so, to. So I can have the X-Men I've always dreamed of. <laughs> to be fair, the Fo- Fox has done a lot of good with X-Men. So They, they have. They've uh, stumbled a few times, but I feel like everybody's stumbled at least once. So Yeah. The, weirdly, the X-Men movie track record has close to the same track record as the Batman movies. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's pretty accurate. It's like I would actually say maybe even a little better. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's like, some stinkers in there. That's true. I don't know. It's like there's too good, too bad reboot. The one that follows that reboot, and then the and then the, you could technically add Deadpool and Logan. That I call those side stories. Th- those are. I mean, if you're gonna count Wolverine Origins, you gotta <laughs> you kind of gotta count those too. <sighs> That's fair. And then you got the Dang Wolverine, <laughs> which is a good movie, and yeah, yeah, that's Th- true. They have a good, they have a good haul, a respectable haul there. That's true. Uh, in terms of actual comics, this is where things get a little weird. Now, you may disagree with me on this, but in my opinion, there is never going to be, and there never has been, a good reboot of a comic universe in comics because comic fans are so diverse and so spread out across the board in their tastes and their preferences that you can never satisfy everybody. And I think this has never been demonstrated more clearly, at least for me as a DC fan with new 52 and rebirth 
New 52 took a chance. The, the DC Universe was admittedly getting very, very stale. There's yeah. just too many people associated <laughs> with each major hero. Like <laughs> you have the Batman Incorporated oh. on top of the already huge Bat family with Batwoman, Batgirl, n- six Batgirls, you know, <laughs> seven hundred Robins, <laughs> you know, uh, spoiler, Nightwing, Red Robin, <laughs> Red Robin, <laughs> Red Hood, um. you know, you name them. I just. Then you know, all the Superman characters, you know, Superboy, <laughs> Supergirl, Superwoman, Power Girl, like just <laughs> yeah, the fucking dogs. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was oh. so ridiculous and bloated and stale. And I applaud them for taking the chance with New Fifty Two. And I think they did a lot of good with New Fifty Two, but it got so overshadowed by the very vocal, you know traditionalists that didn't like the handful of bad changes that they made or handful of changes or characters they kind of like swept aside for the new reboot because again it was so bloated um one of those the bad ones being lobo for example they made this stupid (laughs) emo lobo that you know so mad had no attitude oh my God. he was just emotional and brooding and in the first idi- issue he literally kills the old lobo literally beheads him yeah that's a bad that that's a bad <laughs> that was a misstep applaud them for taking chances it was a risk for sure probably could have just like pretended it didn't happen with the next writer or artist or whatever right it was not a good choice um they did something similarly weird to Power Girl in the New 52. Well, they didn't kill her off or anything. They made her from a different universe. Right. They made her from a universe where they're basically fi- fighting Darkseid and what eventually becomes Huntress was Bruce Wayne's daughter oh, as yeah, uh, Robin. Yeah. And they basically fly into like a a blown up boom tube, which puts them in a different dimension. And they take on new identities. And the new identities they take, where they used to be Supergirl and uh, Robin, they took on the identities of Huntress and Power Girl because those characters already exist. Take note, DC. <laughs> These characters already exist in the same universe, so they took a different mantle. <laughs> Drives me crazy. And that leads me, uh, uh, before I go on, New 52, tons of great ideas, tons of great stories, a few missteps, sure, but they were literally releasing 52 different <laughs> different characters and issues. So, obviously, you're going to have missteps, and you're going to stretch your writers and artists a little thin sometimes. Yeah. I applaud them for taking the chance, because there is no such thing as a good universe reboot, in my opinion. You're never going to satisfy everybody. I think there are less worse <laughs> like slightly better and slightly worse and it it's a necessary evil it needs to happen or else things just get stale if you don't reboot your universe at least in my opinion every 10 years your universe is going to be outdated and stale and just flat you know in my opinion um and with rebirth you saw this again that they, they panicked because of the vocal traditionalists you know, after only, what, f- four or five years. 
and they did the reboot to rebirth, but instead of rebooting and trying something new again, which I applauded New 52 for, they just took all the old stuff and <laughs> shoved it all together in the same <laughs> universe and said, there, problem solved. Now everybody's happy, right? Wrong. <laughs> now people are just as angry, but in a different way, you know? So many narrative issues here. So, Oh, my God. There's different threads here, you know? Um, and... <laughs> The ones that people had grievances about in New 52, they're like, eh, let's just kill them. <laughs> and we'll take the ones we liked and smush them in with the old ones. Like, uh, yeah, so. Question, why? <laughs> <laughs> and Marvel's not any better. They're, oh, They did no. the same exact thing on this very similar timetable. Yeah, so. the uh, Secret Wars or the Secret War. Uh, I think this is maybe the, the third Secret War that they've had. Yeah. Um, where this one universe that was kind of doing well uh, apparently was told through the grapevine that it needed to die. (laughs) (laughs) And over the course of maybe a couple years since the ultimatum event, they had managed to just make things worse and worse and worse, even though... They they did a pretty sweet ultimate Ghost Rider out of that whole thing after that. Yeah. But uh, they just slowly decided to say, "Fuck it, we're gonna kill it all. <laughs> we're gonna mash this whole shit with this other universe that we've been kind of doing soft reboots over so many years. And it's all, it yeah it it's been getting stale. Let's." Have them go to war with each other. <laughs> then we're going to use big celestials like Galactus as the excuse to wait a minute. Doesn't he only do with worlds, not universes? Ah, Wh- which shit. is exactly what DC did. Yeah, it took uh, Anti Monitor and Darkseid and uh, yeah, all these other people uh, and said, like, "Oh, let's have a big thing, cluster fuck <laughs> fight." Thing. Oh, things happen because reasons. Uh, yeah. This, it it makes sense, right? No, but um, um yeah. Th- with that one, we ended up with uh, the the new universe that doesn't have a name. I don't think. Um, at least if we did have a name, I'd have something to call this swirling clusterfuck piece of shit <laughs> that they've managed to come up with. Except for, it seems like. Recently, they've been trying to uh, right the course of this ship, yeah. uh, bringing back characters like Eddie Brock Venom <laughs> and uh, making it so that uh, we can have characters like Wolverine, who's been dead for quite some time, somehow return, even though technically he would just be in a constant state of like almost dying while being encased in adamantium. While old man Logan exists in the same what? universe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like we killed him and brought him back within the same fucking thing. Stop it. <sighs> so, yeah. Uh, maybe some people like it. I haven't met one. <laughs> I, I will say in I comics, know. there is one example of a reboot that I thought was actually kind of cool. And that was a Green Arrow. It's a... Uh, the way that they've approached this character is they've managed to basically take all of the elements that kind of work with this character, 
And that that's kind of on an individual scale, though. That's true. Because if I said that, I'd be like, "Well, I love Swamp Thing and Aquaman and Batgirl and and, <laughs> and you know and Animal Man." And I think there is actually a category for individual characters being done well, even if the rebooting of an entire universe is kind of shit. Yeah. Which Animal Man, fucking fantastic. Swamp Thing, Justice League International, Bad Girl, <laughs> Gail Simone writing, fuck yes. Oh yeah. Aquaman, fucking awesome. Didn't yeah. expect it, fucking awesome. Yeah. Batman. Out of nowhere. Batman became better. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. Action comics, good. Great. Yeah. Superman, not so much. <laughs> um, that, I think, is a very good case for really in like in this comics climate today knowing how to keep your ear to the ground so you can hear from other people who have you know tried to sift through the shit of these like universe wide reboots and finding the gems in the midst of this yeah which i think is how i got uh myself hooked on to mr miracle <laughs> it was like I, I heard from uh, one of the people on YouTube that I listened to talk about how Mr. Miracle, in the midst of like all of the, the shit that's going on with this rebooted universe, somehow, out of nowhere, manages to have a fantastic first issue. And it's only been good from day one. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And that pushes me into my issue, I guess. <laughs> if you wanna let let's segue straight into yours. My topic is what dictates whether or not you're going to continue reading a book after the first issue. Ah. Uh, I bring this up because every week we've been getting new number ones and checking them out and letting you know whether we liked them or not, and then if we like them, we keep going. Yeah. Um, just very quickly. What makes you want to stay with a comic? Narrative consistency. From the first issue? Well, I would say the uh, the issue that you have of... Um, what was uh, the one with the lock and key guy? Sword of Ages. If there is one thing from that one issue that uh, what you said kind of turned me off the most... Is how it seemed. No, no sword in Sword of Ages, but go on. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, the thing that turned me off the most is how inconsistent it seemed within itself. Yeah, that's that's a very fair <laughs> observation. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> if it can remain consistent, I will give it usually a second look. Well, that and the price point. Um, and it's usually... I personally usually give it to like the second book to make my decision whether or not to keep going. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes the, the first issue gets a little weird and then the, the second one, they really kind of hit their stride. Yeah. Um, there are very few exceptions to the rule on the good side of it where... It's top to bottom 
amazingly told. And like the biggest example of that is the Watchmen. Like I, I don't think there's a single issue of that that is n- tonally, narratively inconsistent from page one. I think a great example of that in the modern age is Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Batman White Knight. Just great books from start to finish. Oh, yeah. For, for me personally, Lock and Key, Nail Biter. Uh, just great books, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, Good art. It, like, that is that is the one thing that actually, even more so than a tonally consistent narrative if the art is shitty i'm not gonna want to keep reading absolutely yeah it's like fucking squirrel girl i i've seen panels of squirrel girl and i'm just like no and fuck you there are specific books that i actually loved that i wanted to stay with and i ended up staying with them just because i wanted to finish it out yeah but the new 52 Batman run, there was one or two issues in there with the Court of Owls series where they were trying, they were trying to play with perspective because he's hallucinating. Yeah, and stuff and I think like, I know what, what issue you're talking about. But it was like an entire book where nothing made sense. Like I couldn't follow the dialogue because I didn't know where it started. And, like, I get that's what they were trying to shoot for, but it made it for a really unpleasant read. And, like, you know, Capullo's a great artist, but for what was happening in this book, it was just, like, smeared, like, nonsense with a vaguely bat-shaped look to it. And it was just, like, it wasn't fun to read. It, you know, it, it, it both digitally and physically, it just didn't work oh digitally that seemed like a nightmare digitally it was a nightmare because that then i really had no fucking idea what was going on (laughs) and i read it digitally originally because uh i was in the army at the time and i was i think at some training event jrtc or something so i was trying to read it on my phone and it's just like what the fuck is going on you know yeah and when you do pay the higher price point which back then new 52 issues were pretty expensive they're 4.99 an issue um, I was just so pissed <laughs> and I almost gave up on the book, which sucked because Court of Owls, other than those few panels and books were, was great. I feel like it should have been a Nightwing story because it directly related to Nightwing, but, uh, but it, it's it was, Gotham it was, and for Gotham we have Batman. It was a great story, you know? Yeah. So, um, for me personally, I have to have the beginning of a story. That's that was my biggest problem with Lost in the Woods or Lost Woods, whatever that local comic from Yeah, a Columbus-based writer and artist or Long Lost or something. Yeah, Long Lost, that's it. Thank yeah. you. Um I thought it had promise, but there was no story yet. There was nothing. They gave you nothing to start a story with. And then you go to a far superior book like imaginary fiends which we oh, talked about last week yeah wonderful book great book so yeah just to throw everything together uh, art has to be for me it doesn't have to be great but it has to be coherent <laughs> oh yeah um plot there has to be the at least the beginnings of the story for example um with 
uh, Imaginary Fiends. Imaginary Fiends has a great setup. It gives you not only great art and believable dialogue, but it also gives you the premise for a great story. It gives you the beginning of a story, whereas Long Lost did not give you the beginning of the story. It gave you a spattering of characters and some random events that don't really go together (laughs) that don't make a story that don't make a beginning just like hey look at this weird thing right stay tuned there was actually a like from imaginary fiends uh a quarter of that book would have made long lost much more interesting yeah so uh, for me uh, the primary thing that you need to have is something that is coherent and something that begins a story. Yeah. Now, there are some things that can kind of, you know, throw me off. For example, if your book is trying to preach a message, like, very strongly and obviously in a yeah. way that's not, you know, I can I can totally roll with, like, a message or, like, a principle or, you know, a concept that I don't particularly, like, flow with. But... um there are points where it's just done so poorly and so like (laughs) done with a hammer (laughs) instead of something precise, you know, uh, where I just kind of, you know, I shrug it off and I'm like, yeah, there's other books (laughs) to spend my money on, especially if they're expensive, you know? Yeah. Uh, Price point is a big deal, but for me, first issues I'll usually spend spend the extra cash just to see what it's about you know because i know well even if it's mediocre i'm getting a meaty comic and it is a number one so it'll probably hold its value if not gain value you know so there's that um but (laughs) some books you know i usually stick around for the next issue if it is coherent if it does set up a story of some sort it does flow generally in a direction i can ride along with and the art is coherent and you know bonus <laughs> if it's good looking yeah uh, having a nice cover helps too but that's not exclusively why i'll keep going with your issues um but yeah those are the things i definitely look for um and if you have a particularly interesting story like mr miracle like uh batman white knight uh, like Nailbiter, like Lock and Key, just to name a few. Um, I will emphasize the importance of making sure I pick up your issue every time it gets released. Whereas others, if I'm like, like number one with a bullet, for example. Interesting premise, unique art style, coherent. Um, didn't really blow me away with that first issue, but it was interesting enough. It was intriguing enough to make me go... I'll probably pick up the next issue eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eventually get to it and pick it up. Um, you know, maybe not the week it comes out, maybe, you know, a few weeks from now when it's still hanging around, and I see it on the shelf and I have a light <laughs> a light collection of comics to buy that day, then I'll pick it up. But otherwise, uh, you know, yeah, if I miss it, I miss it. No big deal. I'll wait for right. it to be discounted on Comicsology or be free on the unlimited uh, subscription or something, you know. Yeah. So it, that'll that'll definitely, at least for me, uh, make the difference between uh, whether or not I am a regular buyer 
that's like looking for it the second that it comes out. Yeah. And the latter, which would be waiting until either, you know, it's cheaper or you buy it in a volume or what have you. Any other way than waiting for it like I would a comic that actually like grabbed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um there are things that'll help me gravitate to it if it's a character I already associate with and like and I'm already familiar with, Batman, <laughs> you know, something along those lines. I'll probably give it a second or third issue to catch up if that first issue is a little weak, you know? Yeah. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt usually. <laughs> um, so there is that kind of biases where if you are a brand new comic like um, Sword of Ages probably not going to give you a second chance especially for a 5.99 price point you know nice art but it was just <laughs> too much going on too much nonsense that doesn't flow together uh <laughs> doesn't correlate with each other and like lacks originality because it's just stuff taken from things that already exist and yeah. smushed together and a nonsensical hodgepodge of <laughs> bullshit. I don't know. Uh, I'm being a little harsh just to emphasize the point. Um, it was still okay to read, primarily because of the art. Um, but, um, yeah, if you draw me in with that first or second issue, you know, and you really get something going, like a Mr. Miracle did out of the blue, like a uh, nail biter, like a uh, lock and key. <laughs> uh, I'm just going back to these examples cause they're the most recent in my mind. Oh yeah. Um, you will have me hooked until the end. Even if you falter for an issue or two, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to drop off just because you established such a great foundation. Uh, yeah. Looking, looking at you, DCEU. <laughs> uh, foundation. Very important. Very important. Yep. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> yep. Um, so, uh, anything you wanted to add? Um, not that I can think of. I think we hit all of the, you know, the points that matter. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think s for some of our audience out there, you might be shouting at the screen, you know, uh, characters I like or characters I can sympathize with or whatever. I would say that's not always the case for me. Yeah. I can totally read a book about a character that is nothing like me that I don't really fundamentally <laughs> connect with on a personal level or anything. Uh, they can be completely distasteful, gross people. To me, it's like watching a Martin Scorsese film where 99% oh, yeah. of the characters in the Martin Scorsese film are not likable or <laughs> pieces of evil shit, you know? <laughs> but... <laughs> It's so thrilling to watch, and there's such a compelling narrative with it that you can't look away. Right. Know? That's how I feel. Um, Breaking Bad might be another example of that, where pretty much every character on the show is just horrible <laughs> in their own way. You know, yeah. even the innocent ones. Like e even you know? some part of them is just like so, so much darker than you would ever expect. Either darker or unlikable. Just like, ugh. It's like I can't believe yeah. you did that. But the story was so compelling, and the narrative was so compelling. It kept me enthralled. It kept me in it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I, I would say that, to, to go along with that, um, there is another thing that I think can tend to kind of get lost in the sea of like 
why should I keep buying this? Like when this uh, number one uh, doesn't seem to be like grabbing me. Uh, there are certain cases where sometimes comics will have a, a bad or like a weak number one. Yeah. Uh, it's also important to be said that there are some cases where they'll have a strong number one and then the rest of it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> also very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's something that... Um, Buyer beware. Yeah. Like I said, if you... But if you did establish that strong foundation, for me at least, uh, as a buyer... I will probably go through two, three, four bad issues before I give up on you, you know? Whereas if you don't have a strong foundation, if it's one of those like, eh, comics that's coherent but not particularly good, and then I pick up issue two and it's even worse or just as bad, yeah, that's when you're going to lose me like on that second or third issue. Whereas if you do have that really strong out-the-gate issue that might be enough to pull me along where if you do stumble a few times, you can catch back up and And save yourself. Yeah. Oh man, this this seems really, really good. Uh, I I kind of have that. uh, I had that moment for like a split second with Batman white Knight, And there was actually a part in the middle of the first issue where it's the Joker and he's writing on something that I think is the dumbest thing in all the world. <laughs> like, it was on that that was like, he didn't just do that. I, I, I was told this was good. I thought, it was, <laughs> I thought it was goofy, but it's the Joker, so right. it fits the character. So uh, I, it, I couldn't dog him too much or anything. Yeah, that that is a very good example of me... Like having a moment where I'm thinking, I'm not sure I want to keep going with this one, even though like everything else in this is good. That one thing, yeah, is like kind of pulled me out of it a second. But I had faith in that book, Tornado like, Dad. <laughs> Tornado Dad. <laughs> Fuck you, Man of Steel. Oh, it's that, always going to come back to that, isn't it? The, there can be moments where the bad part is just so egregious, no matter how small, where you just can't forgive it. <laughs> and that happened for me in Man of Steel. Not a comic, but it, <laughs> it does happen in comic books too, sometimes. Yeah. Grayson. <laughs> Stupid prose. <laughs> it ended up being a good book. I have to always remind myself before I get angry. It ended up being a good, a good book. I read the whole thing. But the premise, but the premise and the character they used for the book. It, it just, it, it hurts. <laughs> Damn it. So yeah, there are exceptions to the rule, but generally, y- you can tell from the first issue. Yeah, you usually get a good idea. Yeah. At, at the very least, you get the idea of what the capabilities of this writer and this artist are yeah if nothing else if it's just like middle of the ground and every other aspect you at the very least can recognize what the ceiling and the floor of this artist and this writer are going to be at least at this point in time for this specific run of comics or you know whatever title so yeah well anything else to add uh no i think that's gonna be it Well, folks, that wraps up another mediocre edition 
of Hit the Books Podcast. Mediocre. <laughs> I want to thank you all for sticking with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe down below. Leave us a positive review on your podcast services of choice. Uh, be sure to check us out on Twitter at HTBVids, on Facebook forward slash Hit the Books. And check out our website for any links to our Stitcher, our iTunes, our YouTube channel, and any written reviews and written content we may have posted. And remember, I'll put a button for freshcomics.us on our page so you can go directly from our site to their site if you don't remember what the URL is. <laughs> um, I think it was a pretty good episode. What do you think? I think it was pretty good. <laughs> I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And thanks for watching. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.